Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at FCCWarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com. Good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you for coming out tonight on this really cold, wintry evening. It's Christmas Eve. And many, many years ago, this was the night before our Savior Jesus was born. The long-awaited Messiah had been promised for centuries before his birth, and many details were shared about him in advance. And I suppose that if there were a search engine, if there were Google back in those days, if you would have searched different things about how the Messiah would be born, uh, you'd get some answers that would be pretty consistent. If you searched, where's the Messiah to be born? Bethlehem. How's he going to be born? His mom would be a virgin. His family line, from David, the king. His destiny, to be a king himself. And Jesus comes along, and he's born on Christmas Day, and Jesus matches all of the predictions, like all of them. There could be absolutely no coincidence that, like, Jesus fulfilled all of the prophecies because there were just so many of them. No coincidence whatsoever. Nobody else other than Jesus matches up with all of the promises that were made about this Messiah, this Christ who would come. Makes me think about the story of the two guys who were in a bar on Christmas Eve, after a while, they started chatting with, chatting with each other, and one guy says, so where are you from? The other guy says, Scranton, Pennsylvania. First guy says, really? I'm from Scranton, too. I lived there in the 70s and 80s, graduated high school in 1983. Second guy says, you kidding me? I graduated high school in 1983. Riverside High. First guy says, no way. I went to Riverside High, too. This is amazing. Where'd you live? Guy says, 462 Elm Street. The first guy says, mind blown, I lived at 462 Elm Street. Suddenly the, the phone rings, the bartender picks up the phone, it was his wife, and she says, what's going on tonight, anything? And he says, no, it's a pretty slow night. Johnson twins are here again. <laughs> they both had too much to drink. <laughs> so those two guys in their inebriated state were startled by the stunning amount of coincidences going on in their lives. But again, with Jesus, there's no coincidence about him perfectly fulfilling all the specific promises that were made about the Messiah. There were just too many things that were the same. Jesus is the one that God promised would be our Savior. And Jesus' mother, Mary, she knew about these promises, but she never dreamed of the role that she would have and like bringing all of this to be. How, how could she have ever dreamed that she would have such a central role in the Christmas story? So an angel appears to Mary, Luke chapter 1 in the Bible, and Mary is rightly unsettled. Starting at verse 30, the angel told her, hey, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. 
So Mary's going to be an essential part of the first Christmas. She was going to give birth to the Savior. But note in what we just read here that Jesus is going to be born a king because God's going to give him the throne of his father David there in that 32nd verse, and he's going to reign like a king, verse 33, over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will be no end. So Jesus is born a king. He's not crowned one at some point later in life. He's born a king. Jesus is king. Today, he's the currently reigning king of kings. And furthermore, Jesus is ready to be king of your life, like right now, here in this moment. It's an exciting event when kings are born. When a new king is born, you can hear the shots of artillery and a 41-gun salute. When a new king is born, flags billow and chapel bells peal late into the evening. When a new king is born, champagne corks stream by the thousands. When a new king is born, people stand together and they sing choruses in the street. When a new king is born, school children all across a nation make cards. When a king is born, commemorative coins are minted right on the spot. At least that's how it was just a few years ago when a little boy named George was born to Prince William and his beautiful young wife, Kate Middleton. George was born on July 21st, 2013 at 424 p.m., and this little boy became the legitimate heir to the throne of England, of royal ancestry, born to be king. And not only were there celebrations in England, but all around the world, people were echoing the excitement and the joy over this newborn king. Such joy makes me think of some of the scenes coming out of Argentina this last week. Have you seen any of that stuff on the news after the Argentinian world soccer team became like kings of the soccer world after winning the the World Cup championship game in Qatar last Sunday over France? I will admit I am I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I got really, really caught up in the World Cup this year, and they were played the game during while church was going on on Sunday. So I watched it later and I managed to actually not find out how it went from anybody prior to watching the game. So that made it much more thrilling when I'm watching it Sunday night at home. But the game went into two overtimes and then it had to be decided on penalty kicks. And then when the final penalty kick went through the goal for the Argentinian team, they celebrated on the field there in Qatar. But at that exact moment, down in South America, in Argentina. Well, I'll let some of these images here do the talking. Why don't you take a look at these videos? what it was like the moment that Jesus was born. I wonder if like on earth, if there was just this stunning eruption immediately and people so excited about a newborn king. Well, actually, the Bible tells us that's exactly not how the earth responded. 
like not in any way, shape, or form. Sure, the angels sang praise the night that Jesus was born, but to the rest of the world, it was just kind of a non-event. It was just kind of not even a blip on the radar, unnoticed, if you will. It's difficult to imagine a birth that's more humble or lowly than the birth of Jesus. And I think sometimes we kind of try to romanticize it in the warm glow of a scene on the front of a, Christi- on the front of a Christmas card. But if you think about it, it was actually pretty dreadful. A writer named Douglas Connolly says, Imagine coming upon a young woman giving birth to a baby in an abandoned car in some urban alleyway, and you come a little bit closer to the way it really would have been. Another writer, Ken Geyer, speculates by saying, where you would have expected angels, there were only flies. Where you would have expected heads of state, there were only donkeys, a few haltered cows, a nervous ball of sheep, a tethered camel, a furtive scurry of barn mice. Sometimes when we sing that song, O Little Town of Bethlehem, we hit the third verse, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. But God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming. But in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Have you prepared him room? This king, Jesus, the one born to be king, have you prepared room in your heart for him? If you've been around here at First Christian Church during the Sundays in December so far, we've been talking about that very thing. I'll make room for you, Jesus, to do whatever you want to, as we sang just a moment ago. So here you are on Christmas Eve. Have you prepared your heart for this king? We prepare room for Jesus when we prepare our hearts to receive Jesus as the king he truly is. He was born a king. He is king. But is he king of your life? Do you realize that If he is not king of your life, you can fulfill prophecy right here in this room this evening by inviting him to lead your life because that's what was promised hundreds of years before he was born was that he would reside in the hearts of humanity, that he would be king of kings. And that would happen as person by person by person invited him in and made room for him to do whatever he would want to and to have his way. There's an old hymn that says, King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be. But to prepare room for him, it probably also means we have to let go of some fear. Every December, the ABC network broadcasts the classic Christmas cartoon, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. My friend Josh Schmucker, who's sitting up here in the front, if you want to catch up with him after church this evening, he's decked out in his Charlie Brown Christmas t-shirt, rocking it tonight looking really good. But Charlie Brown, uh, he's kind of timeless. Some of you you younger kids in here, I, I hope you know who I'm talking about when I talk about Charlie Brown. Most of the adults in here probably do. But Charlie Brown is known for his uniquely striped shirt, and his friend Linus is most associated with what? Security blanket, right? I don't know what, what was said over here, but he carries around a blanket, right? So Linus carries around his blanket. And throughout the whole Peanuts comic strip and all their different specials and whatnot. Lucy, Snoopy, Sally, all the others, they try without success to separate Linus from his blanket. He's an otherwise very mature young man, but even though he suffers ridicule for pulling this blanket around, he simply will not give it up. Until one climactic moment at Christmas, 
when he simply just drops his blanket. I'm going to play a clip here for you from the Charlie Brown Christmas special, and I want you to watch with me here the exact moment when Linus drops his blanket. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. All right, so who caught it? What was the exact moment when he dropped his blanket? Yeah, fear not. That's right. That's, it's kind of cool, and uh, it's not an accident. The creator of Peanuts, Charles Schultz, is very intentional about that scene, and it's cool that the gospel story, the Christmas story, gets shared all over the world every year when that Christmas special is shown. But the exact moment that Linus drops his blanket is when he says, fear not. He takes the, the very thing that he had held on to and always holds on to as his security, and he gets to that line, fear not, and he just lets it go. There's a writer named Jason Sarosky that says this, looking at it now, it's pretty clear what Charles Schultz was saying, and it's so simple and brilliant. The birth of Jesus separates us from our fears. The birth of Jesus frees us from the habits we're unable or unwilling to break ourselves. The birth of Jesus allows us to simply drop the false security we've been grasping so tightly and learn to trust and cling to him instead. This world we live in in 2022 can be kind of a scary place, and it's pretty obvious that all different kinds of people all around us are grabbing on to certain things for security right now. They're looking for it in, in places related to political stuff, identity-related things. They're, they're looking to leaders of a different stripe maybe than ever before, and it's happening in places all around the world. We're just seeing people who are fearful, wanting something that they can latch onto. What's going to make this life secure? How am I going to be able to get through and to know that there's something rock-solid and, and foundationally bedrock that I can build my life on? And all along, here's baby Jesus come to earth, dying on a cross, giving his life for you and me, dying for our sins and rising again so that we could have the one and only source of being able to walk through life where we can truly say, I fear not. I fear not. Because I have made room for Jesus in my heart and because of that, he leads me through everything. He's going to lead me through everything I face in life and he's going to lead me home one day to the other side where I will live with him forever and ever and ever. I do not fear. 
Just as the angel said on the night Jesus was born, fear not. We can live with fear not attitudes as well when we make room for Jesus to do whatever he wants to in our lives. So that leads us tonight to taking communion together. And uh, somehow I made it up here on the, the platform without bringing my communion. Thank you very much, honey. Appreciate that. So as we celebrate communion here on, on Christmas Eve, it's a pretty special thing to remember that this baby who was born at Christmas time and placed in a manger grows up to be the very one who sacrifices his life for all of us. And on the night before he died, he got his disciples together and he told them, like, if, if you're going to want to walk this way after I'm gone, you're going to have to remember me and to remember the things I've taught you. And he, he took the Passover meal itself and he brought them into the experience by telling them, this is what it's always been about. It's been pointing to me. And so as a Passover meal would work, as it says here in scripture, Jesus took bread, he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Let's eat of the bread together and remember Jesus. Then also as a traditional Passover meal would go, he took a cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's drink from this together. Amen. Let's take a moment to pray. Our Father in heaven, uh, we thank you tonight for this amazing gift that you've given us, the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus. It's such an awesome thing that, that you broke through the heavens and just came here and inhabited a human body. And it's amazing that we can know you through the sacrifice of Jesus and by placing our faith in what he did. God, we're praying that um, here this Christmas, it's going to be kind of a monumental one for us, maybe a watershed moment for, for some of us where tonight, uh, this season, this is where we really do lay it down before you. This is where we, we set aside the things that we've been holding on to for security. Um, in that video, Linus picked up his blanket again at the end, but we don't want to leave here picking up anything that we've laid down before you. So give us the courage to live fearlessly without any other false sense of security, but Jesus only, Jesus only in our hearts all the time, leading us, guiding us. We want the room that we have made for Jesus to be completely filled by him. And just like we ingested this bread and this juice a moment ago, we, we pray that Jesus will live within always within each one of us and that there will be such an amazing spirit of unity among us and a desire to love one another and to love others on their way to following Jesus too. God, we pray for a glorious thing to happen out of us and out of First Christian Church this Christmas. Thanks for what we've had opportunity to learn this season. Let us take it with us as we go from this place tonight. And we pray all this together in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement with this prayer says with me, amen. 
Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at fccwarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com.